Welcome to It's All About Connection, NVC with Dr. B. Today's episode is about weight. Dr. B said it's going to be fun. What's going to be fun about it? To me, it's just a fun topic because it's about what do you do when you get pissed off? Like that's that's the real part. That's fun for you. Well, <laughs> it's kind of fun. I mean, it's real. Yeah. And I think many people venturing into NVC, just the name of it, nonviolent communication. I think some folks might think that means that you don't, there's no place for getting angry or there's no place for dropping the F bomb, but that's not true. There is a place for it in nonviolent communication. Happens to be during the wait period. So to me, that's fun. The fact that you get to embrace your jackals. So jackaling is when you start with the blame. You have the blame and the upset, and there's a place for that in nonviolent communication. I and love that's specifically in wait. Jackaling, yes, it is. Jackaling is during the wait process. So let's go into wait a little bit. What does it stand for? Wait, I love it. Wait can stand for one of two things. Why am I talking? In other words, be quiet right now, because if you recall, nonviolent communication is used when you want to have connection. It's a really good little way of remembering when you're triggered to be quiet in a moment if what is going to come out of your mouth is not going to be connecting. If it's not going to be connecting, why am I talking? In other words, be quiet right now. The other thing that it stands for is what am I thinking? Because when we get upset, I can speak for myself. When we get upset, our mind starts to just go into a lot of thinking, much of it being story, much of it being evaluative and not productive. And so we get wrapped up in that. With weight, we're supposed to be slowing down a little bit so we can start to dissect. What am I thinking? What am I telling myself? Am I staying only in observation or am I spiraling out into a whole lot of evaluation? My experience with conflict is that often when in conflict, you tend to go into that story, go into that blame mode. And so wait is just a reminder to start to pay attention to what are you thinking? What are you telling yourself in that moment? So two things. So what's the process of wait? In nonviolent communication, Ideally, when you are in a conflict situation, what you're striving for is empathy for self and empathy for other. And to be able to turn towards the other and take some needs guesses. So you're in a fight. And yes, I know this might sound very unrealistic because it's not what we do. But you're in an argument with someone. And rather than do the things we usually do, what we're trying to get here is for you to start to throw out some needs guesses. So you're upset because it has to do with some security or, yeah, you're upset because you just would really like to have some fun. I don't know about you, but when I am angry, that is like the last thing in the world that I can do. Mm -hmm. It's the last thing I can do. It's the last thing that I want to do in that moment is try to give empathy to that person. That just goes right out the window. The reason for that is because when you're that triggered, you yourself are needing empathy. You yourself are needing to be understood and connected with needs. So you can't give what you don't have. And it's important to not just like go through the motions of 
giving empathy if you're not really present? Really, people know BS empathy. It won't work near as well. I mean, it might get you there better than doing the usual, at least to attempt to move you towards it. But I have to be honest, there have been some moments where I've just said the words and I'm not feeling it inside. And I could just tell this is not connecting at all. It doesn't feel authentic at all. Sometimes I'll find myself being like, yeah, you just want connection. Is that what you want? (laughs) Really? Yeah. So if you notice that you're in that mode or if you can't even attempt it, you can't even attempt the needs guess, that's an indication to wait. Wait, by the way, in nonviolent communication, it's not just let time go by and cool down. In working with kids, I find that they are told often that when they're upset to just take some cool down time. And that's not what this is. I mean, it is cool down time, but it's it's a very active time. Wait is a very active time in nonviolent communication. How so? There are things that you're doing to move yourself out of the grip of that intense anger or upset. There are things you're doing to help you get more connected and more clarity around what your own needs are in that moment. And when I say things to do, like I have a whole list of things that you could do during the wait time, which by the way, wait could be a split second or it could be years, but it's active. It's like you are actively doing whatever you can to bring yourself back into connection with the other person. Let's go into a couple of things that you can do. Because like I said, there are a list of them, but let's just, let's just do two things that our listeners could take away for today. One is getting empathy from a different person, a totally different person. Do you need to have kind of NVC or empathy training in order to be that person? No, absolutely not. In fact, my husband, he has never taken any of my classes, but yet he's really good at giving me empathy. And what I do is when I'm triggered and I need empathy from a third party neutral person, maybe he's around, I'll go and I'll give him my needs and feelings sheets, which by the way, are attached to our podcast notes. So people can now download the needs and the feelings sheets. So I give him the need sheet and I just direct him to say, okay, I really have to say a lot of crap about such and such situation and such and such person, but I don't want you to talk bad about that person. I don't want you to give me advice. I don't want you to relate. I don't want you to relate. I literally just lay out the other conversational responses that I do not want him to do. And then I say, all I want you to do is look at this list and help me figure out what are the needs that are associated with the situation. What needs are alive for me right now? And that's what I do. I talk and he'll look at the needs list and he'll give me some needs guesses. And he's amazing at it with me because he knows me so well. I remember some times when, you know, I've gone and done this with him and then he takes some needs guesses that were not on my radar at all that were just spot on. It was so good to have that level of clarity and connection with the need. So yeah, you don't have to have a person that knows empathy or has taken the class to get empathy from them. The needs list is very helpful though. I think you do really need to have that around. So that's one thing to do is get empathy from a third party person. It could be hugely helpful. Sounds easy enough to have the list on Mm -hmm. hand and you can just be like, just listen and take a guess. Yep, just take a guess. And even if you don't get our needs or feelings sheet, anybody can Google it, I'm sure, on the internet or on your phone in a moment of desperation. 
NVC needs feelings list. It'll come up. Hand your phone to your friend and say, hey, help me figure out what needs are alive for me in this situation. Boom. That's one very relatively easy thing that you can do. And it's important to let them know the other conversational responses that you don't want them to do. Because, for instance, when you go to a friend, often people end up talking smack along with you about the person because they think that that's how they are supporting you by talking bad things about the other person. When in fact, if you were to slow down and notice what's going on inside of you when that person is saying those things, my guess is that it's not helping to calm you down at all. It's probably jacking you up a little bit. Whereas empathy has a tendency to do the opposite, really kind of bring you back into balance somewhat. Back into connection. The other process that we can do is just give yourself some empathy, which there's much to that. We've already talked about stating things in observational terms versus evaluative terms and thoughts versus feelings and sticking with needs. So that's what you're doing. But as long as you're away from the person, I often say, you can jackal all you want. You can say as many negative things about the person or think them as much as you'd like. But you want to be away from the person in this process. That's one thing you do during wait. The other thing is that you know that you are jackaling. Most of us get very confused. We get caught up in our head and we think that the things that we're thinking about or saying out loud about the person are true. Like, he's a total asshole. Yes, he is. He's a total asshole. Well, that's not a thing. Like, a person cannot be an asshole. So just having awareness. Right. I love to go and curse my head off when I'm upset about something away from the person. It's not directed. And when I'm doing it, I'm totally aware, okay, this is just part of my process. I just need to get this out of my system right now. Once I kind of vent in that way, then I can start to think about, okay, what actually happened? What's the observation? What am I feeling? What am I needing? I like to journal. So it's really helpful. You can give yourself empathy while journaling. And it might not be linear like that. I might write jackal and then I'll write all the things that I'm thinking about this person or the situation and then I'll write observation and then I write down the observation and then I might write feeling, you know, I'm feeling blah, blah, blah. And then I might have to jackal a little bit more. So I'll write jackal again and then I'll write down my jackaly thoughts. It's important to be able to distinguish between the two. I was journaling the other day. I think I was angry about something and whenever I would write, I am feeling, but then I would make a little slash and I'd put thinking Mm -hmm. and then I go back and circle whichever one was true. It's such a simple process, but it's such a powerful process to be able to start to really know what am I thinking and how much of what I'm thinking is evaluative versus what is observational. To be able to separate that out, it just gives you so much clarity. And when you can step out of your story, I find, and get connected to the need, It's very empowering, number one. It also gives you a lot of clarity. And I note for myself, not always, but often, it allows me to have more spaciousness that I then can start to wonder what is going on with the other person. What is the need for the other person? When I can get to that level of connection with myself, it usually does allow for more spaciousness to be open to other. And that's the whole point. That's what we're trying to do during the wait period. So is there anything else we want to go over? I just wanted to mention those are just two of the things that you can do during wait. 
And again, wait is not just downtime, letting it go. What you're striving for here is to be able to come back into connection with the other person and not be stuck. Many people, when they're upset, they take some time and they try to let it just go, but they haven't worked on the process. They haven't gotten clear on what they're needing and what the other person's needing. So the connection doesn't actually happen. And there's still this lingering disconnection that will rear its ugly head at another time. So that's not what we're striving for here. We're striving for something very different. And again, there are many things you can do, but those are two really good ones. Another really good one is to practice the conversation you're gonna have before you step into it. Once you have gotten empathy from a third party person or from yourself, now you're real clear on what your needs are. And yeah, you might be in more of a spot to be able to use the NVC dance floor, so to speak, and figure out what it would sound like to give empathy to the other and then express what's going on for you using observation, feelings, needs, and request. So there's a lot to it, but I think that's probably enough for one day for our listeners. And if you have any questions, please make sure to call us on our hotline, which is... Which is... 850-706-0488. One of these days, we'll have it memorized. So thank you for listening and take some time to wait. Especially when you're triggered. You've been listening to It's All About Connection, NBC with Dr. B. For more episodes and guest bios, please visit us at www thebigbmethod.com. That's www.thebigbiemethod.com. And remember, empathy first.